Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Good morning. How are we all doing? March the 12th, so Proverbs 12, two verses there. Verse 18, there is one. Ooh. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Verse 19, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. We're studying Zephaniah, and we have been studying Zephaniah. This is our fourth week, and we're finishing off Zephaniah. And it's, it's been a hectic book, hey? And can I just say, if you're here and you haven't been, you said, oh, well, I've missed all the other, th- other three, it doesn't matter. This message is standalone. You're not missing out on anything. Well, you are missing out, but you're not going to suffer for it today. Chapter 1 talked about judgment. God said, I'm gonna, verse 2, I'm going to sweep away the whole earth. Hello, are we on the earth? He is going to sweep us away. That's what it says. (laughs) Mali spoke about complacency in that context. Then last week, in terms of chapter 2, God told us in Zephaniah 2 how people from the north, the south, the west, the east will suffer judgment. It's a heavy book. But the Bible is amazing. It's written over 2,000 years ago. But we're still reading it today, and we're still getting life out of it. Yes? Why? Why? You think of, I mean, how many of you go and read the latest, the, the last book of Socrates and quote it and find inspiration for your soul? We don't. But the Bible has lasted Why? I suggest you it's because we are the same. Human beings are exactly the same from the beginning of time and will be to the end of time. We sin. We mess up. We go after our own desires. And there's one solution for it and one solution only, and that is Jesus Christ. And the Bible has that. The Bible tells us, you sinner, I have the solution. That's why it's life for us today. That's why we read it. And also you might be saying, but oh, laying all this stuff in Zephaniah. It's all about Israel, 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 Judah, Moabites, whoever. I'm Lady Curran. I live in South Africa in 2017. What on earth has that got to do with me? I've heard people say the Old Testament. Oh, just too complicated. Says nothing, more's doom, kill, kill. Why should I read? It's got nothing relevant. It has. It has total relevance today. We are Israel. We are Israel. In Romans 11, Paul says, I graft you into the true root. The true root is God. The true branches are Israel, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel. But he grafts us in. So, it's relevant. It's the way we read today is relevant. So, I'm going into Zephaniah 3. I'm not going to read it all. I hope you did. I'm going to pick out certain verses, but all of it's relevant. But I just 
yeah, there's too much to read. So we'll start with Zephaniah 3, verse 1. Woe to her who is rebellious and defiled, the oppressing city. He's speaking to Jerusalem, his beloved Jerusalem. Beloved Jerusalem, who David took, conquered the Jebusites. And from that time, it was the city of God. It still is today. It's still God's city. And he says, woe to her who is rebellious and defiled, the oppressing city. She listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. He goes into detail about what Jerusalem is doing and then going down to verse 7. I said, God said, surely you will fear me. You will accept correction. Then your dwelling would not be cut off according to all that I have appointed against you. But all the more they were eager to make all their deeds correct. They weren't listening. Verse corrupt, corrupt, sorry. Verse 8. Therefore, this is the big change. Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day when I rise up to seize the prey. For my decision is to gather nations, everybody, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out upon them my indignation, all my burning anger. For in the fire of my jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. Sounds awful. But it continues. For at that time, I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech. That all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. Go down to verse 14. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Sing aloud. Woohoo! The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day, It shall be said to Jerusalem, fear not, O Zion, let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Wow! Hey! This book that has been judgment and horrible and has that end bit in 8 where it says, I'm going to consume you, says, but. Three points today. Not listening. New speaking. Never-ending singing. So not listening. Zephaniah 3 verse 2 said, she listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. In the context of Israel, he had given them his law. He had sent prophets. They weren't listening. 
He, he disciplined them. He sent countries against them. He destroyed certain things. He took Israel. He took the northern kingdom away. They weren't listening. They weren't taking his correction. They weren't trusting in him, in his power, his promises. And they weren't drawing near to God. We do the same today. We do exactly the same today. You know, we, we, we're interesting creatures, humans. We want someone to adulate, don't we? We put up a sports star or a film star or a musician, or we put up things, money or whatever, and we worship those things. We give them our attention. But we're quite cautious. Yeah, I want something to worship, but don't expect anything of me. Don't expect me to change my ways. I want to do what I want to do. Don't we do that? That's why we don't want to worship God. He is the exalted one. He is magnificent. But he's wanting me to give up too much stuff. I'd much rather worship whatever, something else that is much, much easier. So we don't listen. What does God say if we're not listening? In that verse 8, he says, he will judge us. He says, I will pour out my indignation, all my burning anger, for in the fire of my jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. Are you in this earth? We're going to be consumed. His fire is coming about us. He, we're not listening. What is the result today? What is it? Not just for Jerusalem. What is the result if we do not listen to God? We will be consumed. So what can I do? Nothing. I'm serious. How can I stop God judging me for my sin? I can do nothing. But he has done everything. He has done everything. He took his sinless son and placed him on a cross and he poured on his son all the sin of humankind. Think about that. Think about, I just think about my sin. All the sin of humankind was placed on Jesus. And at the moment before his death, God turned his head away because he could not look at that sin. My sin, your sin. And Jesus died. Why? To take the wrath of God. His wrath has been turned away. He is no longer going to consume me and burn me up with fire, even though that's what I deserve. He has turned it away by Jesus. Praise God. Praise God that we can stand and sit here today free, free to worship him. And if you're not listening to God, you cannot take he you will pay for your sin you will be consumed by him it's a huge choice and if you've never done that do not leave i felt that so strongly today today is the day to submit to the lord today is the day don't be found in the camp of i'm not listening whatever John 5, 25 says, truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus speaking, an hour is coming 
and is now here. When the dead will hear the voice of God and those who hear will live. If we are listening, we will live. The day is here. The day is here. So he says, wait. And he says that he's given us this incredible salvation in Jesus. So what's the result of that salvation? And we could go, there's so much in this chapter, and there's so much. But the interesting thing in this chapter of Zephaniah is what he speaks of first. Did you notice it in verse 9? He says, for at that time, when, when I come, when I save, I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech. That all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. New speaking. When we get born again, when we hear God, we bow our knee and we are born again, we become new creatures in Christ, he gives us a new speaking. Now, I'm sure you're sitting there and I'm standing here thinking, oh my goodness, I heard that. Sin shows itself in the way we speak and how we speak. Jesus said, I will judge every idle or careless word. No, I'm just chumming. I'm just chatting here with my friend. We're just, you know, shooting the breeze. He will judge every careless and idle word. Everything that comes out of this mouth, he will judge. It's hectic. James says, if you can control your tongue, the verses are up there. James says, if you can control your tongue, you're perfect. I know, I'm not perfect. I know, ask my husband. Proverbs say, life and death are on the tongue. So guys, that means there's no such thing as neutral words. It's either life or it's death. That makes me very uncomfortable. Because I'm just chatting. Even standing here, I think God, when I was preparing, I think, God, may I not say anything that you do not want me to say? And when we're having conversation after church, he's, he's hearing us. It's heavy. But he says, I will give you pure speech. We're not there. But how far are you and I on this road? Are we just, well, whatever? Or are we saying, God, help me to, to perfect my speech more and more, the way you want me to speak? A few ideas. What do we need to do? We need to think more. <laughs> I'm very good. Oh, you can't take them back. You can't take them back. Think more before we speak. Can I suggest to many of us, think more before you write on Facebook. Hey, some of the stuff we read there, think more. Speak less. Speak less. I, I was listening to Michael Eaton. He says, don't think by just not speaking, you're getting it right. It's all right because James speaks about directing this, controlling this tongue. If you're not speaking, you're not doing anything, guys. It's a cop out. We have to speak. 
but we speak less than we, than we, than we do. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Quickly, when you're in a situation, help me, and you're, and you're, help me, Jesus, what do I say? I don't do that enough. So do we only do it when it's the important things? No, I think we should be living like that every day. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? I love the story of Nehemiah at, 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 in the king Artaxerxes. This is the king of Persia. He was the, the cupbearer. You know, he poured the wine and tasted it. And he's downcast because he's heard that Jerusalem is in ruins. And he's fasted. He's done all that. He's prayed. He's fasted. He's got him and thinking, well, what am I going to do? And one day Artaxerxes says to him, so Nehemiah, why are you looking so sad? And it says, I love it. He says, he quickly said, I'm going to paraphrase. He said, help Jesus, what do I say? <laughs> he puts a little arrow prayer. We need to be doing that. We need to be doing that. God, what should you want me to say? What do you want me to say? And forgive others. <laughs> oh, how could they say that? Did you hear what she said about me? That was so unkind. That was da 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 da. Let's forgive. Let's choose to forgive because we would like others to forgive us for the stupid things that sometimes come out of our mouths. God will give us a pure speech. So when he gives us a pure speech, and as he gives us a pure speech, it says in the rest of that verse that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord, that we'll be a people who are always praying, always conversing with him, always calling on his name for life and serve him with one accord. We know it's words that kill us. It's words between husband and wife. It's words with your boss and yourself. It's words with your client. It's words with your children. It's words with the people you study with. It's words with your friends. That's what breaks our unity. But as we speak purely because we're doing, we're allowing him to speak to us first, we will work together in unity. Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus, purify my speech. May I be open to allowing you to speak more into me. And then, never-ending singing. Never-ending singing. How much do you listen? And I know some more than others. The 94.7 on, I look at all my all our youngsters. To all these dudes singing their stuff, there's some horrendous stuff out there, but there's a cry of the heart singing. It's an incredible power singing. I'm going to pray, play for us just four little clips. Listen to the words in context of what we're saying. Crashing hit a wall right now.
There's a God who can satisfy every need that they express there with never-ending singing. Zephaniah 3 verse 17. The Lord God is in your midst. Is there anybody out there? The Lord your God is in your midst. He is here is in your midst, not maybe, not will be. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. Can anyone help me? A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I'm going to read that again. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. How do I get that? Notice, did you notice the change? The Lord your God is in your midst. He is here. Then there's, he will save you. He will rejoice. He will rejoice over you. He will quiet you. He will. Because I need to accept him. I need to take hold of him. He has done it all. And unless those, 
Avril Levine and, and chain smokers, they need to take hold of God and he will satisfy their need far, 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 far beyond anything that any human being can do for them. How does God react when, when we read this? So when I come into the presence of Jesus, oh dear, it's Lainey. Did you see what she did yesterday? Did you hear what came out of her mouth? I'm going to give her the silent treatment. Maybe it'll help. He doesn't do that. He rejoices. It's diabolical. I know what I'm like, but God says, wow, you're here. Have you thought about what his singing sounds like? I tried to imagine. I don't think he sounds like chain smokers, even though it's quite, you know, you get the beat and all that. I don't even think he sounds like our worship this morning, even though it was absolutely awesome. And I think, I thought, about, think of crash of thunder and the fall of a snowflake. Feel of an, think of an opera singer and a little baby going, da, 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 da. Think of the roar of a waterfall. Think of a stream trickling over rocks. It's more than that. And he's singing. He's singing. He's singing. He's singing over every single one of you with one, one condition. You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You've allowed him to cover your sin. And maybe you're saying just some excuses that we give. Oh God, I've got too much sin. How could you sing over me? Zephaniah 3.15, the Lord has taken away the judgments against you. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. But he's so far away. I don't even feel him. Verse 17, the Lord your God is in your midst. I've got too many accusers. Verse 19, behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors. My shame is too great. Verse 19, what? And I will save the lame, gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into, into praise and renown in all the earth. Whatever excuse you're thinking of, God can't possibly be singing over me. He is, if you know him, as your Lord and Savior. There's a beautiful verse in uh, Isaiah chapter 62, verse 5. It says, he rejoices over us like a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. I go to quite a few weddings. Terry's a marriage officer. You know when the time comes, the groom's standing at the front, and the bride comes down. And everybody stands up and everybody looks at the bride and watches her come. I don't. I watch the groom. I love the look on their face. They see their bride. And all you men can, can read. They see their bride and they, their face is just. And that's what God's doing to us. He's saying, there you are. I love you. I love you. And he's singing. He's singing over us. 
It's incredible. There we go, he's singing. So how do I respond today? How do we respond to this? Deep, deep gratitude. Lord, help me to listen for the first time. And as I walk with you, may I not shut my ears, even when I don't like what you're saying. Help me to listen. Lord, purify my speech. I give you my speech. Daily, moment by moment, willingly, may I say what is honoring to your name. And I think our, our, the thing that we do even more is we sing back to him. 